This American Monster. A Monster of the Week actual play from This American Dice. Last time on This American Monster. The Law Corporation team has made its way to the heart of the Cypress Knoll's Tower Gardens. Hunting a vampire, they find themselves now at the precipice of darkness. biggest of these bells had crashed down through the Carillon uh, chamber, had fallen through the floor. And to your understanding and based how like based on how like the geography of this geography, yeah, the geography of this tower worked, theoretically to actually do this, um, that bell would have to crash down through like 10 stories and into the basement. Um, and you guys went into the next room and in the next room you saw like this long winding stairwell and the bell had like fallen down and i think when you guys when you guys come into this room um first of all it's a continuation of the base of the tower so the tower is um just to make it extra evil the tower is pentagonal um it's this pentagonal tower that, uh, under normal circumstances, stands at about 10 stories tall. But when you've seen it, it stands infinitely tall. Like, looking up, it just keeps going. And as you guys come into this room, the base of this seems to extend out in this, like, kind of obelisk or pyramid-esque way. Like, obviously, the tower is wider at the bottom than it is at the top a little bit. But at this point, it seems like the base of even this room is significantly wider. And there's a stairwell that winds down around the Pentagon that is this room. And um, just these stairs jut out like strange, like ribs almost out of some kind of like hideous beached whale. Um, and you saw the bell kind of roll down them. And maybe like, that's one of the things you last see as you're coming in here, this bell landing on the floor. The actual room itself is pretty significantly big. It's maybe uh, imagine like the size of a high school gym, like the high school, like a high school gymnasium, like something like that, where it's like, it's pretty big down at the bottom of this. And, um, like I said, the ceiling goes up and kind of vaults up towards the top. And, um, I think actually, as you head in, then there's enough shadow in the top of the ceiling where you can't see exactly where the, the room ends toward the ceiling, but it vaults towards darkness. Um, it's all stone. Almost everything is stone in here, uh, with the exception that the floor itself, if you go all the way down these stairs, is like covered in soil. There's soil kind of scattered about. There's a lot of dirt. Um, and there are there is also that huge sarcophagus that I said looks like a combination between like an ancient Egyptian sarcophagus and like the a crusader's tomb. And it's, um, it's made of like bronze and stone and old wood and it's sitting there. And I think compared to how you had seen it before in the uh, museum, 
it's uh, it like it's far shinier and far brighter now. All right, where are we in this room? Are we still somewhere up the stairs, or have we reached the ground level? I assume you guys are coming down the steps, and uh, each time you come down the steps, there's a sconce on the side of the wall um, with like a. Uh, it's not a. It's not just a torch, but it's a um, like a can like a candle in a um, like in a glass like you have as a lantern, and as you guys approach it, these candles snap on. You come by one, and it snaps on, and enough of them snap on in the room or turn on in the room, are lit that you can see the room in its fullness, and so there's a lot of like shadows kind of. Uh, moving about as these lights flicker ever so slightly. But yeah, you guys, I assume, just head down these steps towards this coffin, towards this sarcophagus. Walker will turn to the rest of the party and be like, do you figure this is how uh, Henry made this place? Or do you think that our vampire friends spared no expense on the renovations? Ashen, though, is, uh, his eyes are all puffy he was probably crying recently but also he just hadn't slept in like however long before this tower situation happened his nose is probably bleeding I'm more than half dead uh, mechanically so he's just like I don't even care <laughs> was his is his response fair enough let's let's see this through let's see this through men is there any way I can sort of help out in that regard I do have the medic move I don't know if this is like proper time for that or not Hmm. I mean, it's up to you guys. Uh, this going, this going bad here could could mean something real rough goes down. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you try like some first aid if possible. If if you know, Mister Green's in the death's door here. Sure. Yeah. So I know that you have a uh, a medical move. I think it's yeah, called. It's called medic. Oh well, creative. It is. Uh, and I got a total of 14. That's pretty good, I guess. All right. Well, yeah, so with a roll of 14. Uh, on a 10 plus, the patient is stabilized and healed of two harm. All right. So David Ashton is healed of two harm. You're stable. You're no longer theoretically getting worse. Um, maybe some like bruises that you have. Uh, or not bruises, maybe some like slight cuts that you have kind of like aren't healing anymore. They're bandaged up enough. We're all in pretty bad shape. Yeah. yeah. In the meanwhile, you can tell that uh, this place is a place of like eerie power. Like I think anybody, even without any knowledge of the supernatural, and at this point you guys have, while you're hardly necessarily experts in the occult, um, in like the mystic arts, um, you've seen stuff and you know that this is supernatural already, but if you're like, man, if this was the first thing we encountered, I'd, I would know, I would be just as positive. Like, this place is blatantly a place of supernatural power. And, um... Oof. Uh, let's, let's do the uh, description where we go around and ask about that stuff. So, what is it that you can tell right away, aside from these candles lighting on their own, which is spooky as hell already... What else about this room tells you that it's extremely supernatural? Yeah, all of the statues have glowy eyes. Okay. So, like gargoyles. Oh, so those, those same yeah. gargoyles that were up at the top of the building 
are like the pillars that are holding mm -hmm. up each of the five ends of or five ends, five corners of this pentagonal room. Their eyes are just above where the shadows begin, and all you can see is kind of like glowing from where the eyes of these gargoyles would be. Yeah, that's really that's very frightening, actually. How about the walls are bleeding? Oh yeah, that that is that is really cool. One of you, like, because as you're going down these stairs, there's no banister or railing or anything like that. So the odds are most of you are kind of leaning against the wall, and then I think somebody, maybe Sundry's the first one to look at his hand and realize, like, oh shit, there's blood all over my hand, and it's almost like the walls are like sweating blood, where it's like just comes out just enough to drip out, and you're like, oh shit. And you didn't notice it at first, but yeah, you see that, and you're like, whoa. All right, Carl, add something in. Or I can. So, so even though this place is sort of cavernous and it's made of stone walls, you kind of expect there to be like an echo effect. It's like shouting into a cavern. You're like quite the opposite. All of your words and sounds can be quite muted. So, like, even when we're talking to each other, it feels like the air is just so heavy that we can barely hear each other because everything just feels very, like, um, like muffled. Oh. Oh, that's cool. And the, and the further we get to the ground, like, the heavier the air feels. Like, it's like um, extra gravity or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, you guys all feel this, like, pressure, this weight on you. And uh, it even seems to cling to your words. We notice, eventually, that all the religious iconography in this entire room is just like cracked or destroyed in some way. Okay. Yeah. And we had seen some of that before where some of the crosses were upside down. Yeah. And I feel this is just like destroyed. And it's like, wait, that used to be a cross or like this statue was an angel, but the wings just like fell off and shattered. Yeah. Those statues. That's, that's awesome. They used to be angels. Um, I think of the stuff on the sarcophagus that you can see that used to be crosses is now like warped out of shape. My question for you Ashton has a connection to these vampires because he's been bitten by one of them. How is that made blatantly obvious to Ashton? Like, how is it that once he enters this room, he cannot forget that? Like, while he is here, he that becomes like front and center in his mind. Hmm. And it could even be something just going on in Ashton's head rather than a thing that's physical in the place. Eyes are just bleeding now or something like that. Oh. All right. Yeah. Oh, like he's like almost like crying blood. Yeah. He has to like keep wiping it out. Okay. It's like the blood's like getting out of his body to get to his master. Oh yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You do that. And, um, at first, oh, that's so cool. So we maybe have a shot of him doing that and it lean it. We see a drop drip down. And at first you just think it's sweat and it goes down, but it goes into your Ashton's mouth. And he, like, licks at it, and he gets, like, like freaked out that, like, uh-oh, I just tasted this blood. And then another drop comes out of his eye, and he goes to wipe it. And a third drop comes out that he's maybe, like, watching for, and it flies out. And instead of dripping down, it shoots outward, and it flies almost towards the sarcophagus. If, if all the blood in the walls are sort of going in the same sort of direction, it sort of tie those things together. Ooh, yeah, that works. Instead of it just, it isn't just, it's dripping down, but it's also dripping in almost like a, um, well, now I'm just thinking of a toilet uh, in like a cyclonic manner. 
And since we're in the yeah. northern hemisphere, it's going clockwise. Yeah, it's going clockwise, obviously. Um, like good American toilets. Um, but so, yeah, it's kind of dripping down. And then if you look at kind of where the wall meets the floor, you can see certain spots that almost act as like rivulets um, that would bring this down to the this sarcophagus. So, my big question is, um, when you guys get to the floor of this, the room is dead silent. So much so that, like we said, it doesn't even really echo. Who's the one who, uh, who's the one who approaches this sarcophagus? Who's the one who approaches the coffin? Sure, I'll, I'll be a good team lead. Put my grenade launcher muzzle where it don't belong. Are you approaching this uh, sarcophagus, or are you just like getting close enough where you're assured of a shot and just shooting it? Oh, oh man, don't give me ideas. That you can, uh, you can absolutely do that. I, I guess I'd be consistent if I was that prejudicial. You can shoot your shot. Um, I feel like that. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Say, man, I hope you're ready. And once he gets within like surefire range, they won't kill himself. He's just gonna blast this thing. Awesome. Okay. So, here's what I would like you to do. Could... That was the worst thing you could have done. You're dead. Idiot. Yeah, you, you stupid idiot. So this will basically be like a cool roll, but with a but you're using weird. Yeah, weird things are gonna happen. I was promised. Yes. All right, it's a six. I mean, does anybody want to try to help him out here? But uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of a way. Could your could your connection to this vampire perhaps maybe allow you to give Welker a heads up if things oh, are going I, real bad? Yeah, Ashton's out. That makes sense to me. I'll do that. Go for it. So helping in this game is a cool role, right? Yeah. Go for it. Uh, so that is a oh a nine. A nine. All right. Well, it does kick it up to a seven. Okay. So on this roll. You, I think you guys can see as you're coming down, um, Woker readies this grenade launcher and his game plan is to just blast this sarcophagus with it and really get the jump on what's going on. You're going to be able to get the jump theoretically on this vampire. Uh, but while the vampire himself, while the Count is perhaps unawares at the moment, maybe like in too deep of a slumber to immediately respond. The environment itself seems to almost respond in like this weird symbiotic nasty relationship with him, this dark environment responding. The shadows of one of these giant statues like almost seems to um, like grab at you with this kind of icy grip. And... Um, so I think that Carl, how much damage does your grenade launcher do? It's a funny sentence. It does four. It's, uh, it's got a bunch of tags, but four is the thing. Okay. All right. So you blast into this thing and Ashton is able to, um, I think almost step in the way of this. And so you're able to almost step in the way to kind of give him time to get that shot off. And so Welker blasts this sarcophagus and this sarcophagus explodes 
outward, and there's pieces of this bronze and wood shrapnel that fly everywhere. And um, you just see like a tremendous amount of it spray up towards towards the air. Ashton, meanwhile, you are like feeling these like this like icy cold kind of like enter almost enter your body. It's almost like uh, if you've ever gotten like a cold spell from a fever where like all of a sudden it feels like all the warmth from your body's drained out of you. And it, we, as the audience looking at Ashton, see him like go stark pale, uh, as this thing just kind of grabs you and you feel your body like stiffen up almost in this mortise (sighs) and like a hissing kind of sound and like a deep exhale. And then like an inhale as if in pain from all around you. And again, this room had been very dead. And now you can hear this kind of echoey voice just say to you like, you've come here on your own suicide mission. Why would you do this to yourselves? Why would you toy with things that you cannot understand? You of the little ones. Why would you? And he's talking like uh, Darkblade can definitely tell that he's talking to him. Why would you come here? We are more alike. Don't you know your place is under the earth? Don't you know that they are not here for you? They will only push you under soon enough. This is like straight out of a dark world. Holy crap. You know, we're not going to let you destroy the world, mister. This world is mine for the taking. Destroy it. Never. Never would I destroy it. It is my, it is my playground. It is my plaything, and you are all merely toys upon it. Darkblade, uh, I think you feel something, like inside your body. That is um, almost, yeah. I think you feel something inside your body that's almost like trying to escape, and you look and like out from the shadows of one of these statues, you see, um the figure of that man who you had seen at the gala he's an older man in his like later 40s or 50s he has dark hair that's gray at the temples he would be played by johnny depp with kind of a pencil mustache but now he looks very very pallid he doesn't look that same age he looks older for sure he's not wearing a suit or a tuxedo even out of style he's now wearing robes that seem um much more kind of medieval um, and almost like kind of a funeral garb. If you've ever seen, actually he's wearing something that is maybe even crazier. If you've ever seen like babies at a christening and a weird outfit that they wear, he's wearing something that's long and flowy like that. And um, his hands are outstretched towards Darkblade and Darkblade can kind of feel something inside himself that's almost trying to escape him and he knows it is not a good thing. So, Darkblade, could you make for me... Let's say it's weird. I think it's weird. All right. Go for it. So go ahead and uh, make it's a... a seven. It's a seven. Okay. Darkblade, you feel this thing, and you start to see, like, little cuts, and you remember, like, oh, that's when... That's when I got a cut doing this. Oh, that's when I got a cut doing this. And, like, all these old little scratches on your arms including from when you were like trying to like scrambling to get back up that statue on the roof, they seem to open up and start to bleed. And some of your blood seems to fly 
out of you rather than just drip down or even pool up on your skin. A tremendous, like a good chunk of it seems to fly out of you, um, or at least start. And um, I think you're only going to take one damage at the moment, but that can't be uh, uh, blocked by armor. The good thing is it goes right into this direction and you can see where this uh, where this vampire is. Count Nikolai Rostovich, the lord of this tower at this point. And this blood seems to be flying towards him and you can see kind of his glowing eyes in the shadow of the statue as he's almost pulling some of your life essence towards him. Band-aids. He's got band-aids too. <laughs> he's putting band-aids on all of his guts. Okay, so he's just going to try to, like, um, get the hell, like, like kind of stop this bleeding. All right, so that one sounds like a cool roll in that situation. So to quickly kind of bandage this stuff up as these uh, cuts that you have, like, seem to be opening up and shooting blood out. Uh, yeah, so go ahead and make a cool roll for me. Oh, he's going to shoot the vampire. I'm just kidding. He's just going to shoot. Ah, okay. So, all right, so you turn to then shoot at this vampire mm-hmm. all right uh go for it so that and sounds like it kicks some ass roll yeah and he's gonna say there's only one of us here who belongs under the earth and then he's gonna cock the shotgun and shoot him <laughs> and he gets a nine all right nine's pretty good is I'd there anybody possible I'm not sure what my situation is right now. Well, you're actually somewhat able to to do this. If you maybe fire another shot, that could further like distract him, or the two of you shooting at him together could do something. Yeah, that would work. Sure. Okay. So yeah. So Carl, go ahead and make your cool roll. Fourteen. Shoot my shot. God damn, fourteen. All right. So. Okay, so this vampire is also, there's like an explosion right nearby him, uh, near the base of this statue. It maybe blows the legs off of this statue, and the statue, the top part of it crumbles down, as, and as the vampire tries to uh, move out of the way, Darkblade is able to shoot him. How much uh, damage does your... What are you using? Um, my shotgun. Alright, so you're using a shotgun. How much damage does that do? It does... It's either two Plus or three. Three harm. And it's messy and loud and close. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so you shoot this, and uh, it rips into the clothing that this uh, that this guy was wearing. And he was wearing clothing that was, like, white and red um, already. And now there's just this huge spray all over him of red. And um, as per the kick some ass rules, Alex... Uh, which of those options do you want to choose since you got a 10 plus? Uh, inflict terrible harm. Okay. All right. So, yeah, so you, you do that and you see these huge, like, gaping holes, maybe, like, part of, like, the shoulder of this uh, creature seems to spray away and uh, it slinks back into these shadows and you just see these glowing eyes. Just hear, like, maniacal laughter in uh, in the background and say and uh, yeah it'll just say your friend is already friend nearly, nearly reborn. reborn why not let why him not go let through him his go metamorphosis? metamorphosis why not let, why him, not let him 
um, see his way towards godhood. And why not see yourselves to the rest of your pathetic lives? Leave this place, or you shall be buried here. All right, meanwhile, um, we haven't seen what Sundry's doing. We also have to check on Ashton and his uh, rigor mortis state. So, all right, Ashton, um, you're, you've been kind of frozen in this, or uh, maybe Sundry's nearby to that as well, kind of link these two together. And so we see that Ashton is standing there. He's crazily pale. He seems like frozen. And Sundry, you can actually see that this shadow extends from this uh, like angel statue. And um, it's like the shadow that kind of covers Ashton seems much more tangible or corporeal almost than than certainly than a normal shadow as opposed to just kind of casting over him it almost seems like these ribbons of like smoke or mist or haze that seem to be holding him and uh, he's like almost he's not totally still he's moving ever so slightly but in the same way that you had grabbed that big snake when you got to the gate of the tower you can see that this thing is almost wrapped around him like a serpent like and it seems to be crushing him if you are wondering what to do, you could make a read a bad situation roll. Yeah, and then you get good. bonuses on that. So yeah, go for it. Make a sharp roll for me. Got an eight. Got an eight. All right, so you have to ask one of those questions. What's the best way to protect the victims? All right, so in this situation, it's Ashton. I think you notice that um, each of these uh, statues that are now gargoyles that had previously been kind of angel-type statues or almost saintly figures are now... Um, each one is holding in its palms a, or at least one of its hands, um, like a candle. And just to go with, th with this imagery that we've used in other stuff, you realize if you were to, I'm sorry, if you were to destroy the statue or certainly just the candle there, this would probably affect, at least give Ashton a chance to shake free of this situation. Okay, I'll try to do that. All right. So you think you're going to want to just blow this stuff apart? Yeah. Could you make a cool roll for me to do that? I think before uh, Ashton gets further to... Before Ashton gets hurt by this thing. Yeah, I got an 11. Got an 11 is pretty good. All right, so we see you whip around, and um, when this you blast this... Do you just destroy the statue and just a bunch of the stuff? Or do you just destroy the candle part? No, I was saying I try to grab one candle and just, like throw it into another candle to dislodge two of them. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's some that are stood up, almost like floor lamps about the room, and you grab one and javelin it into the thing. Yeah, and, um, good. Ashton, when this releases you, what does that look like? Like, what do we as the audience see? Yeah, I don't know if there's anything more interesting than just, it just, like, disappears as if it was never there and just falls on the, he falls on the floor or something. This tentacle around you seemingly like quivers and sh this tentacle, this tendril of shadow seemingly wiggles and writhes back towards the statue. And then the statue is much more still again. And maybe even shockingly without the candle that it was holding, the head of the statue is much more visible now and looks less ominous by quite a bit. Meanwhile, Ashton, you've snapped out of this. 
you felt this cold, icy grip of what was certainly going to be your death. Um, and it's released, and you, we see you kind of gasp for breath. Um, and yeah, what's what's Ashton's game plan? So there's several of these statues that have this, um, you know, weird eyes and everything. Right. Up, when you are shaken out of this, I right? realize there are three more of them. Yeah, I think so. He he's probably like, I assume, you know, fell on the ground. So maybe Sundry is like helping him up and he's like, we got to get rid of the rest of these. Okay. Do you want to make any role associated with that? All right. Sure. Uh, it seems like maybe a read a bad situation. <laughs> Go for it. Oh, sure. To double check maybe what you're thinking. Whoa. Oh, well, okay. That's a four. You let yourself, you kind of shake this stuff off and you're like, oh, wait, there's three more of these things. And you're trying to figure out, wait, would this do anything if I, and um, you feel a, like a like a hand reach around your neck, this bony hand reach around your neck and pull you back towards the sides of the walls. And uh, you hear whispered into your ear, like, perhaps you were never perhaps meant were never to get meant this, to get far, this but far, but you've come this far nonetheless. nonetheless. You've taken... <laughs> Your blood has tasted what it is like to know eternity. And now instead, and I'm going kind of more Antonio Banderas here than Russian, but um, he's like, but instead you you lash out, you lash out against those things which are forever. You lash out against hunger. Yeah, he's pulled you up. And to the rest of you guys, you can see that, um, especially Sundry, who just kind of like was focused on Ashton, Maybe Darkblade and Welker, it takes a second longer, but Sundry can definitely see it. Ashton seems to get, at first, just pulled backwards, as if by something invisible, and then by the time it reaches the wall, and it's nearest, like, the light sources near the wall, you can see that Ashton is being pulled up by this vampire, and the vampire is almost walking up the wall backwards and kind of lifting oh, Ashton oh, upwards. Oh, oh. Yeah, he's walking up the wall backwards and kind of lift, lifting Ashton up by, like, the neck, and maybe he's holding him, like, by one of his arms. Is he holding him, or is he using, like, force magic to do it? Um, I think he appears to be holding him, but he's also, like... It's, it's tough to say because he shouldn't be, based on his physique, able to lift a, uh, a grown man. Um, but also that lady was able to, John Cena, throw Ashton through like a wooden crate before. So maybe Ashton just weighs very, very little. The, the revealed he weighs 72 pounds. He's based on Michael's bird bones. Yeah, yeah he has bird bones. It's, it's not... A, it's hollow and he's very very large despite the low weight so he glides you just hear in your ear Ashton like perhaps it is a time to make you one step closer to this one step closer to perfection rather than rather than this shell and uh yeah he's about to sink his teeth deep into your neck Well, if it's up to Ashen, he's going to get out of here. Okay. So, um, 
is that just a cool roll to try to escape from that? Because I don't think in your current situation you could do too much to hurt this vampire. Hmm. Or is yeah. there another option for what you'd want to do? Yeah, I think cool roll would work. I, I'll pitch that I could try with his uh his now uh numb stakes try to stab at him just to get him to move where I want him to, which is not holding Ashen. Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm I'm down for that, but I think that that's gonna it, I, I it might it might give you some like shitty results nonetheless. I think there's shitty results possible at any. Okay. I mean, did you see how I rolled? Pretty yeah. Good. <laughs> well, I think just like just because if if you do end up successfully hurting him, I just think like the like nonetheless there, yeah. I think there could be some big issues in part because he's like dragged you up a wall. Oh, for sure. I will okay. also point out that although no one's ever taken advantage of this, if any of my uh, fellow PCs ever tries to protect me, then they get experience points. Is the other part of that move. Story-wise, I would prefer <laughs> not to. Very well. <laughs> yeah, no no one has done it yet. Because <laughs> we're um, all dedicated yeah. role players here, okay? True. That Come on. Makes sense. So, yeah, I'm fine with uh, either of those. They're awesome. Okay, well, then it's up to you. Is this more something that you're... Um, because on a kick-some-ass roll, it's, you're much more apt to end up taking damage. Um, yeah, I feel... I guess he's in a more violent mindset here. I don't see how... A, a, I mean, a, a cool thing would probably end up him taking damage by fall and not hurting him, too. So I think that's probably the better advantageous thing in his mind. All right, go for it. Uh, I got a seven. He's like, no, bite me. <laughs> Throws the, like, the two nunchucks, you know, just mm-hmm. like uh, stabs him in the chest area. Okay. So what damage does that do? Um, good question. Uh, three. Yeah, I think he was indeed going to bite you. So does he do that while you end up, like, stabbing at him? Um... Well, that or he gently lets him down. Yeah. You tell Ooh. me. <laughs> okay. Well, we have we have two options with this, and you can tell me which you'd prefer. One is that he does indeed bite Ashton, and that um Ashton maybe yells this and stabs at him stabs him while he's being bitten. Or Ashton stabs him instead and the vampire drops Ashton, and so the damage is from being dropped. Um, yeah, I'm fine with, I guess, um, hmm. which oh, of those I, would you prefer? Which of those do you find more interesting? <laughs> well, I told him to bite me and now he's got to, he's just not going to listen. That can sort of accelerate your, uh, transformation. <laughs> if you, they had like a definitive moment where it's like, and now done or something like that. Yeah. No, I, I guess, uh, cinematically it, it could be, it'll be interesting if he, drops him as a result of the stabbing, I guess. Okay. So, um, the bite was going to do three harm. Do we think the fall should do two? Or should it also do three? Five, probably? Yeah. He drops you into a bunch of, like, gears that are working? (laughs) 
He drops them it's, in one of us and we stab him to death. Yeah. It's one of those those sausage things. What is that? Yeah, it's just a meat gr- a massive the meat, meat. Yeah. The the meat grinder from the end of Riccio's story of Ricky. I remember that. Yeah, it's, you can't forget it. Yeah, so we see Ashton fall down and like really land pretty damn hard not, on yeah, this ground. I'm, I'm back to unstable after Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, you just hear like <laughs> and this vampire like flies upward almost like like a like somebody on like a crazy cable that just like goes and he flies up into this shadow. Oh, that? since that put since that puts me to like over 4 would that like break my leg or something? Sure, Isn't if that's like what you some, want. Some kind of significant thing when you go, when you go over that limit. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, it it breaks your leg, or maybe you fall on like a sharp piece of one of these statues and you start bleeding. Oh yeah, sure. Whichever you prefer. Um, <laughs> so, giving me so many options. Um, I guess I'll be. Hmm. Oh, maybe I'll be bleeding since we already established his blood is like flying in weird directions. That can be yeah. interesting. So yeah, you land on part of this and you have to like, you're like looking down at your side and it's definitely like pierced into your pierced into your abdomen in a way that you're like, oh my god, this should not be something that happens. This isn't just a little flesh wound. This is pretty rough. Yeah. All right. Meanwhile, Okay, Sundry, Darkblader, Mr. Welker, what are we up to? Guess just trying to shoot wherever this vampire went to. All right, so yeah, so you can see... Oh yeah, because you guys are all watching this, and I think Sundry saw this first, so it makes sense that he could go first. You see this vampire drop Ashton and kind of fly up into the air. You think you're just going to try to take a shot at the area he's flying? Yeah, I mean, describe the environment a little bit. Is there anything uh, we can use? Um, in that area, not so much because he's kind of just going up this wall. Um, yeah, around him, not so much. No. And just cause I missed it earlier. What happened with the coffin? Did he pop out of the coffin? Oh, the coffin was like just obliterated. And I think that he was able to like escape out of the, uh, out of the, in the, fray of this in the shrapnel of this coffin exploding is there any like dirt or anything left over from the coffin oh there's 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 plenty of dirt all over like the floor in this in this room as a whole and around the coffin i think it's almost like piled up yeah, i was just thinking like if i can find some way of like desecrating that like setting it on fire or some shit like that then maybe that would help but it doesn't sound like a practical thing as part of Lorecore training, all senior executives are uh, ordained into the corporate uh, priesthood. I could bless your urine. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll just shoot the thing. All right, cool. So go ahead and just make a tough roll for me. Six. Six. Oof. I'd be happy all right. Album, if that's possible. Yeah, absolutely. How do you think Welker is helping him? Well, the last time someone tried to shoot in the air, I shot in the air and helped him out. So I can just do that again. <laughs> Are you thinking you're just going to do that again? Uh, or I could like spot for him or something like that. Um, Maybe you're just still shooting from before. I just, I just never stopped shooting. Yeah. You don't have to ask what my action is. I'm still shooting. 
Oh yeah, that I mean that could be something if you shoot just generally up towards the ceiling, there's enough light where it's easier for Sundry to see. I load my firework. Oh, you unplugged yourself. Oh no. He only has 60 seconds of life in his heart yep. battery. I, nope, I'm back. Okay. I, I load my fireworks grenade and it, it makes a, um, a cross pattern. Sorry, I'm, I'm pulling a dark blade here. Um, mm-hmm. No, but sure, yeah, I'll give him some light. Okay. All right, yeah. So, Sundry, that kicks that from a six to a seven. Three. Three. Okay. All right. So, I think you blast this. Um, you see this like bright light from the grenade that uh, Mr. Welker kind of set off uh, nearby the vampire and you shoot at it and um, these just like buckshot or whatever rips into it and the thing that happens is it almost like it seems to explode and um, like all these pieces of them go everywhere uh-oh. And very quickly you realize all those pizzas as they begin to chirp and chitter and make these crazy noises is that they've turned into a huge swarm of bats, like a cloud of them. And that seems to like kind of almost go around the sides of the wall and come back towards you. And I think just this massive wave of these um, biting, scratching bats flies into sundry charms. And... Um, I think that's got to do at least two or three damage for sure. Okay. Um, I think if armor applies, I won't take any damage. He has two natural damage. And I don't, or two natural armor. And then I think he's wearing regular armor on top of that. But I don't know if that stacks. I don't know. I'd it's imagine a, usually. Invincible, you always count as having two armor. Doesn't stack. Yeah, so I take one. Okay. So yeah. So you're, like, a lot of your clothes get, like, ripped up. Like, your regular clothes get, like, ripped up and that kind of stuff. And um, you're kind of knocked back into this wall as the swarm of these bats is now flying around this room wildly. And, um... Seven damage and I'm unstable now. Yeah. So for you guys who are unstable, you're either, like, bleeding significantly. And you can see, like I said, little drops of your blood rather than, like, flying away. And also you're small cuts on your bodies don't seem to be closing. Like in the way that, you know, if you get a tiny cut that bleeds just for a second, pretty quickly your blood coagulates and it stops. This isn't stopping. It's not that it's shooting out blood like um, some kind of uh, vampire bukkake movie, but it's instead like it's, it's continuing to bleed and every now and again a droplet of it will fly into the air and now that um, I think that that sarcophagus is destroyed the blood is no longer um, pooling down towards it all of the blood in the room including the stuff on the floor is now kind of moving in a spiral and going up but it's not moving in large torrents it's drip dropping so there's it's like it's raining in this room but raining from the ground upward and it's blood and it's flying up into this dark dark shadow um, that I think at this point I'm going to kick into obtenebration mode again could all of you guys make um, cool rolls as once these bats go up into this uh, the top of this room once these bats go up into like uh, the ceiling into this darkness again that's le- leveled over the room these 
like tentacles or like serpents almost of uh, shadow. These shadowy figures come down and kind of grab at each of you. I got seven. Got a seven. So two sevens. Snake, snake eyes. eyes. I got a seven. All right. So three sevens and snake eyes. So with Ashton, it's pretty obvious. One of these things just grabs him and just yanks him into this darkness. Um, for uh, for you guys, I think we've got a few options. You can be uh, one of them is that you can be uh, slowly getting strangled by these things. You could be yanked up, though not immediately into the darkness. Um, or you could be like whipped at by one of these where it does like a larger amount of damage in one fell swoop. I like the idea of Welker being sort of like pulled up at a less uh, ridiculous rate than Ashton. Okay. Yeah, I'd take that. All right. So Sundry and Mr. Welker are being pulled up. Um, where they're like a good scary distance off the ground, but not immediately yanked into this vast darkness. And how about Darkblade? Whipped. All right. So in that case, you are going to take, I know this is a lot. You're going to take four damage. I'm going to spend a luck. Okay. So you spend a luck and this thing whips you. What What does it look like when it whips Darkblade? It's got sp- like big spikes on it. It's got like teeth, like uh, like whale teeth in it. You know what like orca teeth look like? They just look like big white. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, they're just like triangular. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. cylindrical, like certain you know rounded edges, but like triangles, like a cone. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Big like white teeth, and it's got um. Also, some like green ilk um, ichor like on it as well, and it some on the back. Okay. And, yeah. I'll change. Some- I'll change one thing of that rather than green and just have it be red, since we're so focused around blood. So this thing comes down, and it almost has these like spikes, and it almost seems much more um, rather than this weird misty shadow. When it hits Darkblade, it becomes much more tangible and almost seemingly organic. And he's thwacked with this huge thing. And I think we see him, he's covered in blood. And does it, like, knock him across the room? Yeah. All right, yeah. So we see it knocked across him across the room. And Darkblade, like, uh, uh, his his shirt's all torn and he's got all this blood all over him. But maybe he landed just in such a way where while he's real scratched up, um, most of that blood is actually like this gross blood that was on that tentacle thing. Mm-hmm. All right. So, meanwhile, Ashton, you've been yanked into this thing. You just see darkness for a second. Everything is totally dark, and it's super hard for you to move. You don't hear anything except like the sound of your own voice, and as you're moving around, like you seem to be in this tiny enclosed space. Is there a good way out? Um, at the moment, you can't quite see what's going on. Um, are you trying to read a bad situation? Yeah. Sounds good. Go ahead and make that roll for me. Oh, man. All right. Well, that, that's the opposite. 
I rolled <laughs> snake eyes and then box cars. That's... I wish right. those were reversed. That would have been better than okay. that situation. But... Yeah, so one of the things you do is you can, you're like, oh yeah, there's no light at all. Wait, I have James Dean's lighter. Oh, damn. And you light it and you're like, oh shit. And you're in this tiny box and our view as the audience zooms out and we just see a grave in that spooky ghost graveyard that says Ashton Green and has your birth date and then today's date on it. Hmm. I love it. Um, yeah, so that's where we, we we see that image. You can ask those questions, but we just see that of like you've been transported to essentially being buried alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's my best way out? If you could properly beseech the spirits of this graveyard, you remember Sundry talking to them, and you remember seeing the spirits in this graveyard who didn't want to be here, and they were restless. If they could maybe somehow be in- involved in uh, manipulating some aspects of this place, it seems like a long shot, but it might it might do something. So there's an answer to a question. Yeah. Uh, should I try that now or and hold the rest of these, or do you want me to answer, ask them all at once? Um, let's have you try that now just so we can get get more going on later on. Yeah, I like that. Um, were you thinking that's like a like a weird roll to mess with these ghosts? Or? I think this is almost a use magic roll. Ooh, and it's not necessary it's not necessarily your magic it's the magic of this place but can you tap into it to do this thing so when you use magic say what you're trying to achieve you're trying to get out of this damn grave mm-hmm. uh all right so a six then a six is pretty uh-huh. bad well but it's not a six best. it's a six plus one right because no, of your really bad situation oh it was actually a seven minus one so that's uh yeah, back to a seven. Awesome. Okay, Whew. so add a seven. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so add a seven. It works imperfectly. You choose your effect and a glitch. The keeper will decide what effect the glitch has. Of short duration, if we're just trying to entice these ghosts to help, right? So maybe they're just here for like a little bit. Or maybe just this thing. Or maybe you're tricking them into helping you, but afterwards they'll be really mad at you for a long time. Hmm. So the keeper will decide what effect the glitch has. And the effect is of a short duration. So you're able to do that one thing. Okay. Yeah, so I think that you are able to... You're able to summon up all this strength to kind of, like, start pushing your way out. And we see as the audience, these ghosts kind of turn towards this place. And they're all in, like, workers, for the most part, in workers' uniforms and outfits. And maybe some of them start, like digging into this and they reach their hands in and maybe some of them rather than actually digging you out with tools we just kind of see their arms pull in and we see Ashton kind of trying to push and push and push and he's straining and straining and straining and we see like maybe some of this the boards of this cheap old coffin crack and then as we see that crack and we hear it crack more and then we see these ghosts yank Ashton up out of the soil like, without him having, like, broken through physically, he's yanked out supernaturally, having passed through this barrier of dirt. And um, the big thing is, uh, with the duration that's super, super short, I think Ashton just feels all, like, his hurt and, like, that 
wound on his side is like bleeding and he's like really messed up and he kind of flops over and he looks over at that grave um and uh oh here's a terrifying thing um what if Reagan's body is just cracked over that grave that he just came out of yikes yeah sure okay yeah so he looks up and um he's maybe expecting it to say Ashton Green and instead it's like just old and kind of like you can't really read whose name it is and in, um, and Reagan's body is like clearly she'd struck this grave when she fell off of this tower from infinity high up and so that kind of like answers for the audience of like oh yeah man she's dead Meanwhile, Mr. Welker and Sundry are slowly being dragged up towards this darkness in the ceiling. Um, They're not being strangled at the moment, but they're being securely held and being lifted up towards it. Every second, they're getting significantly higher up. And I think this room is like one of uh, many of the other places in here, which is it's less so like you... It seems like you are equally being moved towards the ceiling and that the floor is moving away from you. So the closer you get towards the ceiling, it seems like for every one foot you go up, the floor also goes an additional foot down. Can we maybe like uh, lash on to one of these statues nearby? Sure, yeah. If you think you want to try to grab, reach out for one of these statues, um, especially if you're willing to like kind of use a tool or something like that to grab at it. Yeah, that sounds like a cool roll to me. Got a seven. Got a seven. All right. I've got a great idea with this, which is that um, you kind of... Grab it, but your other arm's ripped off. Yeah, exactly. you lose your eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All your toenails um, fall off. Yeah, the tentacle's in your butt, and it pulls out all your intestines. Now, the... <laughs> um, I think you... Maybe you have, like like maybe with your gun or maybe with like um, like a bag that you have or maybe even just you rip off part of your jacket and you're able to throw it on a part of this and pull yourself over to it or near enough to it. And I think the thing that happens as Sundry's doing this is uh, the sh- this statue actually starts to creak and maybe part of it falls down. And when the, the light on that statue goes, um, Sundry's like is able to drop out of this thing. Normally you would take some damage from that. Um, but when you land, you're kind of like you're hardy enough to be okay. I think the gun flies out of your hand and it's like across the room. Okay. You're kind of like, Oh shit, I'm weaponless at the moment. Meanwhile, Welker, you're in a similar situation. So I want to know if the vampire is anywhere to be found up here. I'd like to bring the fight to the vampire. Hmm. Have you tried to read a bad situation in this fight? No. Awesome. Let's have you do that. That's sharp, right? Yes. Nine. Nine is pretty good. All right, so you get to ask one of those questions, I believe. What's most vulnerable to me? Hmm. What is most vulnerable to you? After Sundry just did that, there's only two of these statues left. And you can kind of tell that, like, these statues almost seem like they're symbolic pillars of some of the power of this place. 
and if the power of this place were hurt, the vampire who hasn't incorporated himself completely with it would be cut off from some of his um, from some of his arsenal of what he could do. No longer could the uh, the environment so attack you guys. There seem to be almost two negative forces or two evil forces operating in conjunction with one another. If one of them were significantly hurt enough, the tower, then the vampire would be weakened substantially. All right, then you tell me if this is too much too fast. But if I see two remaining towers and I'm at sort of this high vantage point, kind of like reach my hands into my pack, take out two grenades for my launcher and flip the pins on because that's how those work. Mm -hmm. Toss them both, like one at each tower. Consequences be damned as far as them dropping me after that. Uh, you know what? Yes, I think that. Yeah, I think that rather than pull out pins from them, I think there is a thing that you can like hit on the things where it can essentially like make them. But yes, essentially yes, you can do that. Um, I think there are going to definitely be some consequences for you and possibly others since you're throwing explosives into a room with several friends in it. But yeah, that's what he's doing. It's like. Uh, look out below! Boom. <laughs> Suck my butt, fools. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I think that this move is... Is it a kick some ass because he's attacking these things? Because he's not attacking... Could we consider it that he's attacking the room? And the room and he are fighting? It seems like an ass-kicking move to me. What do you think it else... What else do you think it could be? I, I don't want to just keep having you guys make act under pressure moves. That seems kind of lame. Let's um, make it ass kicking then. It could be. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, do a kick some ass roll. But yeah, you're fighting let's, the room. Let's the make tower. it something that's not that so that I can roll again. <laughs> How'd you do? I got a five. Oh, boy. Oh. Um, well, you did just read a bad situation, so that's actually a six. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Does somebody want to help me hobble over the finish line? If somebody could help uh, uh, Welker, especially maybe somebody who, though they got whacked by a nasty orca-like tentacle, they... Also remember, if you if you spend a luck point, you get oh, a Oh, yeah, you can plus. also just spend a oh, luck point. Oh, you know what? I have not spent any luck. I don't even know how that works. So let's You just literally that. spend one. Go for it. All right. Yeah. I, uh, I, I This is a perfect swan dive, double swan dive of grenades. All right, and right, what's right into the gargoyle's mouths? What's your what's your catchphrase? Ashton threw one into the chat. Ah, uh, damn it! We said I had to think of a good catchphrase now. <laughs> um, stone cold, baby. You just say stone cold, and you throw these grenades, and yeah, it explodes. Um, yeah. So, which of those options are you choosing? I suffer less harm. Sounds good. Okay. So yeah, so these things explode, and these ta uh, two statues kind of fall into one another. I think you fall down, and you probably end up are going to end up taking one harm after your armor and uh, good roll result. Okay. As you kind of flop down this pretty significant distance, and maybe okay. some rocks land on you, like something the size of a baseball wangs you in the knee. Um. And yeah, you see that the uh, the room becomes dark. The room becomes dark in a different way. No longer is the top of the ceiling uh, this shadow, almost like a dark black cloud 
Instead, that kind of seems to dissipate, and you see that some of the blood in the room that's kind of traveling upward seems to kind of like fall back down. So all of a sudden, you guys are all just like covered in blood that rains down. And um, on the walls, there seems to be like blood sliding downward. And um, yeah, I think that you guys see this creature and it's on the wall like a spider where its head is facing down and it looks up at you guys. Oh, oh, it does something very much spookier. It's facing, its head is facing downward. So its feet are up, its head is down. It is like on the wall like a spider as if it was crawling. And I think its head just rotates. So it's more easily able to kind of like speak and just says like, you three have wasted all of your time to do this. Now instead you're going to die. And I think we just see this thing leap. Meanwhile, we go back and Ashton is in this graveyard. Standing there with Reagan. Her corpse like broken over this uh this essentially unnamed workers. The odds are there was a name on there, but it's been weathered off. Yeah, um maybe as we come back to him, he's like taking her off this grave, so at least he's like laying flat on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um I think maybe he doesn't notice it, but we see all these ghosts are standing around him. Oh, that's cool. I love that. Um, I guess, uh, so we still don't know where the, uh, the vampire went, so I think I'm going to try to ask what's the biggest threat. I don't know if, if uh, I guess depending on how we get the answer, that could be from these ghosts, or it could be mm. that blood connection still. What's the biggest threat? I mean, I think you guys know this one pretty significantly. I don't have a good answer for this aside from the vampire, so I don't know if you want yeah. that. Well, I was hoping... I'm trying to figure out where he went, so that's how I was in, Oh, could you ask what's your that. best way into the vampire? Yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. A couple of glasses of red wine. Um, yeah, so what's your best way in? You're close enough, you see the tower and the tower doesn't look as huge as it did before. Like, it looks massive, but you can see the top. Like, it seems like the tower itself has possibly been weakened. And you think, like, oh, wait, this place may be more concrete than it was before. I can Mm. probably just almost run into this building and find much more directly where I have to go. It's the crypts. It's down, right? So if you were able Mm. to just almost run into the building and just go downstairs there as lame as that sounds but it's seemingly like um the 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 labyrinth walls have fallen down a bit to the point where you can figure it out much more easily Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense so it's it's like just a, a very mundane tower now yeah it's still really spooky and it's, it's it's really spooky. It's really weird. And you know there's a vampire in there, but it's now no longer this impenetrable, psychotic maze. Gotcha. Um, hmm. So... And do I hear this explosion from these um, grenades or anything? Or is that kind yeah. of like contained in there? Sure. Ab- uh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and, and hell, even like to make it more clear... A um, 
you see coming out of the front door. Yeah, you see Desiree Augustine and uh, Dr. Persaud, um, like, coming out, and they're kind of, their hair's all messed up, or her hair's all messed up. I think he has, like, short, close-cropped hair, but his, like, glasses are askew on his face. And they're like, what's, she's like, what's going, oh, God, what happened? Oh, oh, how do we, how do we, how do we, how do we get to where we, how do, how do we get to him? Where, where, where are they? What's, what's going on? And, um, yeah, you can definitely see that, like, you can just go straight into this place. Okay. Um. Oh, or no, maybe even better, they say, like, wait, isn't there an access from below to this storm, to the storm cellar? And, like, there's, like, a they go towards this area, and you're like, oh, there's kind of the sub-access to this area. Oh, okay. Um, well, yeah, I think he's going to take one, um, you know, meaningful look at you know, what used to be um, Reagan, and he's going to go to the storm cellar. All right. Oof. Yeah, and I think as you leave, we can see maybe, like, this might be too much, I might cut this out, but maybe, like, Reagan's spirit standing there, like, over this, like, grave that doesn't have a name. Um... And maybe she turns, like, she turns and looks at the others and realizes, like, oh, if Ashton fails, like, the odds are she's trapped here forever as well. Mm -hmm. And so, meanwhile, all right, Ashton runs into this thing for Mr. Welker, Sundry, and Darkblade. Um, Again, you see this vampire turn its head around and it leaps towards you. Um, I'm trying to think who the individual that it would make the most sense to leap toward is. I could see it being Sundry uh, for the purpose of of the drama of like, uh uh-oh, Sundry is the one farthest away from his weapon to like immediately respond. Okay, so yeah, so this this thing is like just leaping at you. Um, The easiest thing to do would be to have it be, you have to make a cool roll to get the hell out of the way and not be just uh, pounced upon by this predator. Does that sound interesting, or is there a better option for that? Or do you think you're like, no, I'm just going to try to beat the hell out of it and fight it off? I mean, I'd rather do that. Yeah? Uh, It's another coral. You'd rather do that than another coral? Yeah, it just tries to uppercut. Okay, yeah, so if you're just going to be like, I'm just going to try to fight this monster. uh, Yeah, I'd say you could do that. It is much stronger than you, so the odds are of it, you hurting it and it hurting you... The odds are of it hurting you are better than it you hurting it. But you can try to fight this thing off, at least for now. Yeah, plus Sundry fights dirty, so... There we go. Mm. I got a total of a total 10. Total of a 10 is pretty damn good. All right. So, yeah, so this thing leaps at you, and it comes at you with, like, the power of, like, a crazy jungle cat, like some inhuman amount of strength. Um, how does Sundry kind of manage to fight this thing to, he's still going to take some damage as this thing. I, it's normally fighting. This thing does four damage, which is a tremendous quantity of damage. Maybe like the way Sundry, uh, gets this guy is by like just leaping out the way right at the, right before he's uh, about to engage him. And so he sort of like hits the statue that he was next to. Okay, cool. So that could maybe like reduce some of the damage that Sundry might be taking from this. Yeah, it's fine. 
Okay. So yeah, so then instead he'd only take three, reduced by his armor, he only takes one. Sounds good, too. Alright. And then, as he's fighting, how much damage does he usually do if he's just punching a vampire? You're muted. On oh, yeah, Oop, I can't. What what is bare hand? I think it's just one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So you're fighting with this thing, and um, you seem to be. You're like I remember. I I once knocked a man out in a in a bar in Nashville, Tennessee, once with this haymaker. Huh! And you and you really like wallop him. No, he, he flashes back to getting walloped by someone. Okay. He's, uh, the haymaker after a particularly bad performance in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. He's like, that's how he did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see a guy in a trucker hat who's like, let me teach you why they call me haymaker, you motherfucker. And he knocks you out. Um, yeah. And then later on, he goes and makes hay, pictures of paintings of hay. He's like, that's why. Um, but yeah. So you're like really pounding this thing and um, it's just kind of shaking it off like it's almost nothing. Um, yeah, meanwhile, Darkblade and uh, Chase Welker, Sundry is now engaged in like a, a fist fight with this vampire. And you guys can probably tell it's only a matter of time before this thing grabs him or overpowers him in some capacity. All right, if Mr. Blade doesn't have a plan, I, I got an idea. Shoot it. All right, so... Three grenades. I have a, a beginning of mystery move, which was a very long time ago, mm -hmm. uh, that I held. It's called the, the, man, the Woman or Man with the Plan, and it means that I get to spend it to be in the right place at the right time with the right thing. And you tell me if you're cool with this. Uh, so I'm sure somewhere in this room, I don't know if maybe Ashton dropped it or like one of the other characters dropped it or like it's just a byproduct of the fight. Oh, you know what? Perfect. Maybe like a part of the sarcophagus that got blown apart could double as like a stake. And if I awesome. could, when I fall, fall right next to one of those, see that, grab it and like be behind the vampire in like a striking distance. That is exactly what happens, Carl. Perfect. Then I'm going to, I'm going to do my, my damn just hit the heart from the back. All right, roll some kick some ass. Kick, kick this ass. thing ass. Ten, baby. Ten, pretty good. All right. All right, Carl. So, um, this thing's gonna whip around and deal uh, four damage to you in like a death throw. But uh, tell me how you kill this vampire. What does this look like? Well, that's basically what I described. So I think the last thing I did was I like tossed out these grenades while suspended in the air in this shadow tentacle, knowing that it was going to drop me. And by the time it does like sort of drop me down, I like hit the dirt, and uh, I look up to see Sundry battling this guy uh, with his fists in a losing fight. And like right next to my hand is this giant like shard of the coffin, sharp on both ends. Oh, um, um, it had been it had been dark, rich wood that had been like coated in um, like hammered bronze sheeting. And it had either been like part of a cross or part of an angel's wing, and now you just have the sharp, long, jagged metal piece. Nice, love it. Okay, so yeah, he has those. It looks, yeah. So it's this, this long thing, uh, and just as uh, Sundry's about to really get the bad end of this encounter, he's like raising up his clawed fist to, to finish him off and cut his throat. 
Like Hold a, on, can I tweak that part slightly? Absolutely. So like, <laughs> maybe after you stab the thing in the heart, which you can describe however you want, like, Sundry just doesn't see that, and so he thinks, like, his haymaker has done the job. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. So, like, it, from my perspective, he's just about to, finish, like, give you a killing blow, and from the back, I, like, I, like, like, come up behind him and, like, shove the thing up, up and through his heart, and he goes, ugh! Um, like from Sundry's perspective, maybe he doesn't he's not looking that far down in his chest. But what do you like punch him in the face one more time? <laughs> punch him in the face and like the light starts to disappear out of his eyes. And yeah. he's like, Right, you son bitch. Uh when you get to hell, you tell Mr. Heck to go fuck himself. Yeah, and so maybe like that's what happens, and the damage that Welker takes is just like his position was so poor that like um the other end of the stake like impales him too. Oh yeah, it fall. He, um, this vampire falls backwards, and the other kind of somewhat sharp end like pierces into Welker, and the vampire falls down, and he's like clutching his stomach. And again, it's not blatantly obvious to Sundry somehow that it's been that the vampire's been stabbed. He's like, sometimes I hit a man so hard in the face it hurts in his guts. Um, yeah, and that I think this vampire, it just you see like kind of like it becomes not only paler but more like ashen and ashen and ashen and its hair starts to kind of like fall out and it just says like i was a i was a god once i think welker you can definitely tell he's talking to you um but sundry you're not sure if he's speaking to you either and he says like your time has passed you don't belong here anymore this is no longer a place for you what you will what bring, you will, bring will, be will be only darkness. And um, I think to go along with what we had, what uh, Darkblade had described when the other vampire had died, he kind of like withers away to like 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 a mummified looking husk. And then that husk, um, as Ashton rips this door open and is able to show you guys like the light of safety of like how to get the hell out of this tower. Um like the wind that follows through like turns that mummified body like to uh to ash and it kind of like floats away and the only thing that's left is um just it it's we see Welker underneath it with that thing kind of impaled in his stomach and um yeah this room is quickly filling up with smoke and you're like oh wait this building's on fire so Welker's at zero health. Does that mean anything? Um, theoretically, he's dead unless he wants to spend a luck point to reduce that to get rid of that uh, damage that he just took. Is that the only option? That's the best option. That's the quickest option right now. Okay, let's do it then. Okay. Cool. But yeah, so... He's been he's this jabbed into him and maybe you're you're hurt but you're not dying. And meanwhile, yeah, there's just smoke pouring into this and Ashton, you're able to see this like last thing. And um I think when this vampire is killed, Ashton, how does that affect him? Is it like a weight that's released off of him? Does he feel like a fever clear or break all of a sudden where he feels better? Does he feel like hunger that's like slated or like goes away? Or is that like still there and it'll always be there? <laughs> I'm trying to think of how this would show itself visually. 
Ashton has kind of like opened yeah. these like, um, almost doors that you guys just hadn't noticed were there. And it's just an additional door that like would help lead you guys out through like a little service area. I feel like I want him to like, what if he just like goes to his knees and is like coughing and then he just like vomits this like disgusting rat. Ooh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, Ashton falls to his knees and he's retching and retching and retching. At first he seems like he's overwhelmed with like either happiness or tired, like exhaustion. And then he's, he's kind of convulsing and he starts to gag and it, we see him throw up like just whatever he'd eaten in that day, but then he keeps retching and keeps retching and uh, we see his blood come out. And I think if you guys are kind of going towards him, you're like, this man is very ill. Oh my God. And then he starts to choke as he's vomiting out this rat. And um, there's just this disgusting rat. That's like writhing in this blood vomit and dying, yeah. like screaming. And who stomps on it? Yeah. Who stomps on it? Sounds Definitely like sundry. He's he's like a rat killing machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sundry stomps on this rat, and Ooh. I think. And when you, I think when you look back at Ashton, who's on like all fours after this traumatic vomiting time, um, and he's still all bloody and sweaty and disgusting, but it looks like oh he he's not as tired. It looks like oh it's almost like he's waking up from like a a restful sleep, even though he looks like shit still. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, he almost looks like a person who had like a really bad illness and they're tired because of how rough the illness was, but they look better. Kind of a thing, like the colors back in his face, maybe a little bit, though he still looks rough. Um, and you guys got to get out of here. The only thing that you notice, Sundry, is as you smash that rat, um, I think you feel something like sharp on your wrist okay and for the time and yeah when you go and look down you realize like part of your watch had like rubbed into your arm and um i think you kind of look and um the the time is still it it still looks the same but I think you're just reminded of uh, what Mr. Heck had told you about, like, oh, you bring these things to me. And realizing, like, oh, I just destroyed, we just destroyed this. Uh, and then we we see you guys go out into so, the night. Hold on, actually, on that, on that vein, I actually had a similar <laughs> thing I wanted to get to before we leave. Um, I want to know if there's anything I can take back. Uh, I know we just killed the vampire. But like he'd rather not go back empty-handed to the corporation. And oh, yeah. I don't know how you feel about this, but like that move I used earlier was like be in the right place with the right thing. I actually held two, so if I could like use that to like have something worthwhile to bring home, would that work? How about like as you guys are on your way out, and this place is filling with smoke, and it's like you guys have to get out of here, and you you're kind of taking a last-minute look. Maybe Mister Welker is like hesitant to leave, and everybody else is yelling back to him to like we have to go, and you're coughing and coughing, and you're like it seems like you can barely see anything. You're stumbling around looking for whatever you can. So all of this wasn't for naught, and um, one of the things that you see is. Uh, that like at the very base of one of these huge angel statues, you can see almost like the corner, like a part of the cornerstone of the building itself. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be this, like it's this weird rock 
that almost seems like a like an obsidian or like a black granite. Um, and it seems to have in in the veins of it or the shards, like it reflects red, like almost as if a bunch of that blood that was in this room went into part of it, and you could see that it's cracked, and there's a piece that you can take. If that seems significant, then sure. Yeah, why not? So Ashton, you said you got something. Just go ahead and go ahead and uh, lay it on us. Um, yeah, I, th- I think his is just taking a like Reagan's body, you know, either a like if it's some kind of. I'm trying to think of what would be a good vignette, like of a montage kind of thing. Maybe like I guess just do the cinematic, like he closes her eyes or something, and like the ghosts disappear or something around him. Like they're finally oh. they're finally free to move on. Okay. And maybe he doesn't see it, but Reagan's like the last one to walk away. Sounds good. So that could be done before you guys even leave the premises of this tower. Who's next with an idea for a little vignette that would end uh that episode of the show? So Darkblade is like dusting himself off. He's getting off the ground. And he's like, "Wow, it's a close call." Um, his shirt's totally torn up, and he's like covered in blood, and he's like kind of limping, and he thinks that he's hurt. And then he's looking for the wound, and he's realizing that it's like not his blood. And then he looks at his wrist again, where it, he had been cut, and the blood there is his own, but it's like a darker red, and it has like uh, like a glitter a glittery component to it. And um, he's like, hmm, maybe, maybe okay. I am different. And maybe it'd be he's great my dad. also if like, given his like bedraggled condition, like far from what we expected of to see of Mr. Blade with, that, with his short jump, he's actually like looking pretty good. Like all of his like adventures in the last few months, like he's actually in pretty good shape. And like, he's kind of like got like ripped muscles under there. Like surprisingly. Yeah. He's got a six pack, like crazy six pack. All right, so for Mr. Walker's scene, let's say, like, we, it blows through, like, the scene of him going back to the corporation, receiving his accolades, them taking the rock for research, him being told he did a good job, his team did a good job. It mm-hmm. blows through scenes of um, coming back to his family and sort of this, like, this sort of, like, ceasefire situation in his household where they're not, like, outrightly, outrightly angry at each other, but, like, he won't tell her what's been going on. He's clearly messed up, and that's, like, making more tension, but things are, like, otherwise, like, going along so he finally gets a moment to himself uh, and he goes to his study and he pulls out this uh, manila folder from his briefcase and he sits it down on his desk and he opens it and in it is a sticky note that says just this once and it's signed Anna Cross mm-hmm. and you look at the, the title on the files inside and it says uh, personnel file Chase Welker and he opens it and like one of the, the last things he sees before it turns away is a picture of him as a corpse He looks down at his watch 
his time is up uh and maybe like his wounds are much worse than he thought he was and he just like heal uh, maybe he's like stumbling out of there and he just keels over into one of these open graves mm -hmm. and then um a few days later you see him like waking up and there's some we go from there basically what if the person that if we do see him get out of this grave um seemingly days later though it might even just be hours later what if when we see him get out of this grave he um uh, maybe it's even after the credits, and we what see if him. Like, ghosted his dead wife or something like that. We see him like following her, like get pull himself out of this grave, and he's following her. And every time he like goes forward, she's just out of reach, and we see that he's just following her to some place. And uh, then we'll have to figure out what the hell that place is. This American Monster is a production of This American Dice. This American Monster uses the Monster of the Week system, a game published by Evil Hat Productions and by Michael Sands. Sundry Charms is Lee. Chase Welker is Carl. Darkblade69 is Alex. Ashton Green is David. And your Game Master is Austin Smith. Our theme song is by Patrick Ross. It's called Sinlude. Additional music for this episode included Earthly Destiny by Sir Cubworth, Sad Songs Part 1, Bells by Fake Cats Project, Churchy by Coven, Weirding Way by Sir Cubworth, Ghost Chase Thriller by Sir Cubworth, The Depths by Cowpay, Glacier Bells by Daniel Birch, Outside the Window by Cowpay, and Street Life, silent film by Lobo Loco. Join us next week for a look at the characters between their jobs. And be sure to like, rate, review, subscribe, and all of that stuff to get the word out there of This American Monster, a podcast from This American Dice.